BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Thursday, June 2nd, wherever and however you've chosen to connect. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who's 100% in favor of Cosmo going back to school for another degree, Jerem Jordan. So apparently there was a mountain lion in Pescadero, California, who went to a high school and was in an English classroom hiding under a desk. Luckily, uh, you know, <laughs> nothing happened. Um, you Here, know, kitty, kitty, kitty. Either way, which is good. <laughs> kind of weird of Cosmo to wander to California. Maybe the GED wasn't finalized, but uh, they got that taken care of. So shout out to Cosmo for, uh, you know, being uh, tremendous off and on the field. Listen, Cosmo had to take his victory lap in Pac-12 territory before BYU officially yes. goes to the Big 12. Which it's 4-0, not 5-0 from last year after yesterday's trip. No, no, no. <laughs> the beauty of yesterday's the, conversation the is BYU happened. just gets to keep all of the wins. And the losses. It's true. Yeah. Um, some, losses, some losses help you get better wins later, <laughs> like we were talking about, but... Yeah, like losing to NIU in 2018 was garbage, was terrible. But maybe it helped create Zach Wilson. You know what I mean? Worth it. And now Cosmo's on worth his victory it. tour. Apparently at Pescadero High School. 2017 was worth it because BYU got Zach Wilson. Cosmo supports Crazy, today's right? show Crazy. lineup, Jerem, as does Zach Wilson. Um, why? Because the Big 12 is a heavy theme for today's show. Athletic Director Tom Holmo in Dallas for the first official league meetings, as is University President Kevin Worthen. What are we hoping to learn from all of this after the meetings are over? Dave McCann will join us with his unique perspective on why this set of meetings is a way bigger deal than we may be giving it credit for. And a guest that went from not making the team to competing for an NCAA championship in less than a year. Wild story on the way. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops announces a two-game series extension with San Diego State. NBA Haas Arena this year on 11-22. That's fun day. And next year in Provo, the Cougars lead the series 52-26. And former Utah Gatorade Player of the Year, Dallin Hall returned from his mission yesterday. Originally called to the Philippines. He ended up serving the whole two years in Fresno. Good to have Elder Hall back in town. Indeed. The 2023 BYU football game against Southern Utah has been rescheduled. It has been moved up from November 18th of the 2023 season to now September 9th. Not a shocker. We thought this would happen, but now we know. BYU's paying $50,000 to make the change, but could get this back by playing Southern Utah again in the future. I don't think it really matters, especially if BYU is going into the Big 12. They'll have some fundage. 50K ain't going to be no thanks. Exactly. They'll have some fundage to help out the FCS programs so in the state. Okay? And BYU's still waiting on a third and final non-conference game in 2023 after losing Tennessee. We still think it should be UNLV. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Big 12 spring meetings begin this weekend in Dallas. Future newcomers BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston joining the meetings for the first time. Although they did have a few meetings earlier uh, this year. The spring meetings with ADs and chancellors and presidents is uh, awesome. Conversations about how many teams are going to be in the 
conference and win, right? Uh, divisions, eight or nine conference games and whatnot. Expected to be discussed more on this, what's trending, and with David McKinn. Ashley Hatch, a professional women's soccer star, repping BYU in the NWSL. Had two shots, one of those on goal for the Washington Spirit and a 1-1 draw with the Chicago Red Stars. Again, uh, the Spirit and Hatch, she's trying to win a second consecutive golden boot. She, she's well on her way. She's still a top three goal scorer in the league right now. Next opportunity for a goal Saturday, 7 Eastern, against the New Jersey-New York Gotham FC team. It's Cameron Tucker's team. So yeah. more BYU on BYU crime potential there uh, after she faced Michaela Clough in a recent match. Elijah Bryant's Turkish team, Anadolu Efes, has a chance to clinch a spot in the league finals with the win tonight, up 2-1 in a best-of-five series. They take on Galatasaray, which is totally how you say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Okay. I, I won't question that. Okay. Ronnie Jones-Perry signs a professional volleyball contract with a team in Rio named Flamengo. It's not Flamingo, it's Flamengo. Yeah, in Brazil. Perry, the fourth highest score in the Polish championship with 437 hits, helped the United States win the Pan American Cup back in 2019. We know what she did at BYU, one of the all-time greats to ever compete in the Smithfield House. Good luck to her as she pursues her professional career in Rio. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. As we have mentioned, the Big 12 spring meetings are underway in Irvine, Texas. Jerem, what are we hoping to learn after this weekend? And what do you think is on the agenda for one Tom Holmo at these first official set of meetings for BYU in the Big 12? For Tom, it's just shake hands and, and get to know people. BYU's not in a place of leverage at all. They're the newbie, right? They're just happy to be there, man. Happy to be there. Pretty cool moment for BYU to be there, right? Um, again, there were some meetings in Las Vegas. Those were the first meetings that BYU attended. Um, and then these are the spring meetings, and then there will be other meetings, right? Um, but this, yeah. one, this one feels a little different for whatever reason. More publicized. Um, sure. I guess. Yeah. Um, maybe they let media into this one or something. But yeah, yeah. Th this isn't one where Tom's going to go, hi, everyone. BYU TV needs to be able to broadcast women's soccer. Like, he's not going to barge in with anything, I don't imagine, right? Uh, President Kevin Worthen will be there. Whoosh, Kevin. Um, yeah. In terms of what to learn, the number one thing I want to learn is when are the three teams from the AAC coming in? Because that changes everything. Yeah, leaks, it changes divisions, leaks, pods, all that stuff. Well, I don't know that you need divisions at all, um, period, right? That We've talked about the last couple of weeks, but like, do you do divisions anyway, even though you can decide how, like, you could have divisions, but if the division champs don't go, like, what's the point of that? But yeah, if, if we, don't, we don't know that the three AAC teams are coming in quite yet, which there was a report from uh, a reporter named John Hoover said, just spoke with West Virginia AD Shane Lyons this morning, told a small group of reporters in, uh, in Dallas that the Big 12's four newcomers are confident they'll be joining in 2023. Uh, BYU's in next year. Uh, it's the other three. Close to the finish line. So perhaps uh, the three from the AAC are going to buy out. Now that changes all the schedules for all the sports, right? That, that changes that. That's my number one question. They, they don't need to wait to know whether they're playing eight or nine conference games. They've been playing nine because everybody played everybody with 10 teams. Um, but if it's BYU only next year as an 11th team, that's different. If the other three join and now it's 14, that changes things. So that's my number one um, question. I don't know that they decide that this week. I'd love to know that. 
because we are only, what, four months away from having the schedule traditionally for next year. Uh, and then, then it'll feel legit, right? Like, we don't need to wait until next July 1st to feel like BYU is actually in the Big 12. I feel like they're in now, even though they're not going to compete this fall. But once we get that first football schedule, it's on, baby. I'm interested to find out if there's anything revealed about Texas and Oklahoma and their intentions to stay until 2025 or if they are on an expedited departure for the SEC. If I'm them, I don't, I don't wait until Big 12 meetings to do this. I just do it whenever I want, right? Well, y- you hope. I mean, but the buyout is significant. It's $40 million a year every year that you leave early. So if you want to leave two years early, we're talking about $80 million per school. I think if they were going to do it, they probably would have done it already. That's all. That's why I feel. Or and, is it a scenario where it's like, ah, like, oh, we'll play one more year here, and then we'll pay forty million to yeah, get maybe. out one year early? But I wouldn't wait until the league. The the I wouldn't wait until I have dinner with the ex girlfriend's family to declare this. <laughs> or do they want to save the money? They want to just save the Te- money. Like, Texas, yeah, we'll just we'll just do our thing until twenty twenty five. Texas can afford anything. Not questioning it's, that. It's Oklahoma. Oklahoma can probably afford anything too. They could probably do it. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't think. We all know that Texas's endowment and the, the amount of money that they have in that school is outlandish. But the Oklahoma's, number one income, yeah. Oklahoma's not far off. Like, oh, there's a lot of oil in Oklahoma too. I, well, yes, but their income's not. No one's. Is anyone remotely close to Texas? They're the number one, uh, you know, revenue-making school each year. They'll spend a lot. I just want to know if BYU uh, picks. I want to know if BYU's going to have an opportunity to potentially play Oklahoma and Texas for two years. As of right now, that, yeah. That intrigues me greatly. Of course. Yes, it I'm with you. The, no, the yeah. number one yeah. item on the agenda is, yes, how many teams are there going to be when BYU actually makes the jump to the Big 12? Will it be 14? Will it be uh, 11? 11? I don't actually care that what, much. What happens? I don't care that much because it's going to be awesome regardless. But if there's It impacts 11, scheduling. But if, yeah. But if there's 11, sure, you can get Texas and Oklahoma. The Big 12 can have some petty and vindictive nature and just make Oklahoma and Texas go to Provo in the first two years. If I was the Big 12, if I'm Bob Bowlesby and whoever the new commission is eventually, I make Texas and Oklahoma play the harder road games. I say, yep, you're going to go to UCF. Yep, you're going to go to West Virginia. You're going to go to Provo. You're going to go to Provo. Yeah, I I would do that. If I was super PNV, and I probably am, yeah. Yeah, I would do that. So I, this is awesome. I'm I'm not super like concerned or stressed about anything. I think this is going to be amazing. There was a question, and we've discussed a little bit on the show, and, and people ask occasionally, like, how much money is BYU going to get in the first few years? I, w- I went back this morning and referred to what Bob Bowlesby told us. The day BYU got the invite, he said it's likely to be about 50% of what the other yep. members get the first two years. So um, that's that's that, that doubling. Was, that, or, that number was confirmed by Tom Homo. And that's yeah, doubling or tripling the uh, yeah. Well, if Bob tells us we don't need any confirmation. We're good. We're great. But um, yeah, that's that's exciting. And then once BYU is a full member, full full money, with you'd assume. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is now Bob Bowlesby's on his way out. So uh, there's going to be a new commissioner. That that too is interesting to me. Like, how will this that impact? That could be in another year, yeah. I feel like BYU's got a great relationship with Bob Bowlesby based on our interactions with him and what we have, you know, learned from him. Yeah. He's been on the show multiple times now. 
How will that impact things? What's the new commissioner going to be like? What if it's Craig Thompson? What do we do? <laughs> it's not going to be Craig Thompson. <laughs> it's Craig Thompson. We're like, actually, we love independence. It's not going to be Craig Thompson. We're just kidding. But Bob Bowlesby does, in his words, love what BYU TV brings to the table. So how will the new commissioner view BYU TV as a Did we just bury ally? the lead? Like, what's our role? In yeah, the no. And that, again, like, we, we want to know. The spring meetings are not the time, as you pointed out. Like, Tom's not going to go out with just, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> his verbal guns Hello! blazing, right? Hi, I'm Tom. We have our own network. <laughs> but we're not the Longhorn Network. But, yeah. And, and full disclosure, Bob Bowlesby came to town, and those talks happened. We know the talks about, the initial talks about, like, what the ESPN contract is and what BYU TV offers, you know, and what that means. Like, we'll figure that out. I'm not super stressed. BYU is about to get a ton of money. You can't be that picky as a new member of a Power 5 league who's going to double or triple your TV deal. You can't be like, hey, that's nice, but, like, can we get some baseball games on uh our uh, network, like you take that money and run, sure, and you figure it out. Well, at what point do you start to flex? Then is the real question. Once you actually get some leverage and some power, it's got to be a few years. You've like if BYU goes into the Big Twelve and then like year two wins the league, well now you have some leverage. Um, in men's basketball, if BYU goes into the league, makes the Sweet Sixteen, knocks off Kansas or Baylor or whatever, now you've got some competitive leverage. Once Texas leaves in Oklahoma, I'm interested to see the what kind of power vacuum there is politically in the league. Is it is it T. Boone Pickens money and Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State who sort of step in and go, okay, we're kind of the, the loudest voice here. Um, we don't know those dynamics. We've never paid attention to sort of what that's been like uh, in the Big 12, but certainly in the past, BYU was sort of accused of being hard to work with and whatnot. Obviously, BYU comes in in a different situation, and the politics changed the moment Texas and Oklahoma Well, leave. Bob Bowlesby revealed to us that BYU has been a delight and a dream to work with compared to some previous scenarios that he's been dealing with over the past few Spencer, years. Spencer, so when two people meet and they hang out a lot, at first it's always great. Well, Bob's leaving. He's right? leaving. So BYU's going to have to do be, that. He's, he has the, a, honeymoon the honeymoon stage, phase is, is where he leaves. Right, It'll but it'll happen again with the new commission, you'd think. At some point down the line, you start to realize, oh, I don't really like what happens in this situation. That So it'll be a few years before we kind of realize where the warts are. Mm. Our question of the day, but not before, we remind all of you, how many days until BYU enters the Big 12? Countdown to the Big 12. 394. We're not doing this every day, though, no. just to be clear, right? Like, we're not. <laughs> no. Never say never. I'm excited. Thanks, Justin Bieber. Uh, excellent documentary, by the way. Check it out uh, with the Biebs when he was young. But, yeah, every day would be exhausting. I, I'm excited about the Big 12. I'm not, I'm not so excited I want to do it every day. Okay. <laughs> Although it is more exciting than playing South Florida. I'm sorry. I stopped listening to you once you said Justin Bieber's documentary was great. I'm still focused have you, on. Have you seen still it? focused on that. Have you seen it? No, I'm intrigued. Okay. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued tremendous. by this. This is like baby beebs. This isn't like. <laughs> this isn't like uh, current one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Has anyone seen it? Never seen it ever? Yeah. Three hundred ninety-four yeah, days to right. BYUers the Big Twelve. Never say never. Our question of the day: What do you hope to learn about the new Big Twelve after this weekend's conference spring meetings? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is 
the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. True Blue Know You answers on Instagram, and I quote, with Texas and Oklahoma attending the meetings, it seems they're staying for 2023-2024, which is great news. I'll be interested in how the conference schedule pods, if there are pods, will work as they'll announce the 2023 football schedule in October. Just so exciting to be at this point, end quote. BYU finds out their first Big 12 schedule this October. So in the midst of a very exciting 2022 schedule and this final tour of independence, it's going to be a, probably a week-long thing where we're focused on BYU's next schedule. It better be on a Tuesday. When they're playing actual games in the middle of the season. Yes, and then the team will have to be, be asked questions like, what do you think of playing at Texas Tech on October 7th? And they'll be like, uh, like, I don't know. I'm we, focused we on play, Arkansas right we play now. Arkansas. This yeah. Time. The thing is, it happens in October. Yeah. BYU plays Notre Dame and Arkansas on the 8th and the 15th. Let's go. Uh, you want to talk about a huge couple of weeks? I can't wait to dive into this. Like, at some point, hopefully, we're sitting there in Dallas interviewing random players from, uh, you know, Houston and Cincinnati that week. It's going to be fun, man. Okay. Coming up, uh, what is the San Fran Man Goblin? Huh? And it's a thing. BYU TV play-by-play man Dave McCann joins us with a unique perspective on why this Big 12 spring meeting scenario is a huge deal to him. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow for BYUSN Deep Blue Volume 7 featuring Kalani Sataki, Fessy Sataki, Neil Powell, Kenzie Kerber, and others. Noon Eastern tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Live from Studio B on a Thursday, I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now is one of our longtime colleagues, BYU TV play-by-play man, and a guy who we just all around like. His name is Dave McCann. You headed to the course today or looking the part? Heading to the course today. Yeah, Yeah, baby. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. You know, Thursdays, as we've said before, is the best day of the week. It's like the pregame show for Friday, and then you're you're into the weekend. Then you're in. And the weather's finally good here in Utah. Finally. Yeah. (laughs) After baseball season and softball season ends, finally gets nice. No snow. We literally had snow like a week and a half ago, (laughs) which is crazy. crazy. It is. Okay. Uh, positive vibes only, great weather, BYU and the fans involved here are looking very keenly at what's going to be happening at the Big 12 meetings in Dallas this weekend, wondering, are we going to learn anything new? Are we going to find out about pods or divisions or the status of the AAC teams joining? Uh, so, Dave, what are you looking at when you look at the Big 12 meetings Uh, in terms of the clarity that you are hoping to have after the weekend? Well, I think this is the most significant week in the history of BYU sports, with the exception of the national championship in 1984. Dave, what in the world? Explain yourself. This is this is everything BYU's tried to get. 96, they joined the WAC 16 team. They were in the WAC. They joined the 16 thing, thinking that'll give them an edge. 98, they joined the Mountain West because the WAC was too big. And they think this will get them an edge to get them into the room. The BCS comes to life in 98. Uh, and the country club is formed, and they're not in it. Uh, and, and all this time, it's like, how do we get in the room? How do we get in the room? They join, they go independent. 
as a, as a means of, let's go independent. This will put us in the best position to maybe someday get invited into the room. And today, President Worthen walks into that room and there's a seat for him at the table. And that is significant to me, more so than anything that's ever happened at BYU, with the exception, again, of the, 90, of the 84 National Championship. So it's just business meetings, and, and, and there's nothing really sexy about it except for the big picture of what's happening. And what's happening today in Dallas is BYU is at the table. You guys have talked about getting to the table since yeah. the show came on the air. Yeah. They're at the table today. That's huge. That is huge. And, and I said before, too, uh, hoping BYU would get into a Power Five, and I said, I don't know if it'll ever happen. Thank you. Shout out to the SEC for grabbing Texas and Oklahoma. That was needed for this to happen, and here we are. And it's the biggest moment not in BYU athletics history, biggest in the university's history because yeah. the profiles raised. So um, I'm wondering how cool Tom Homo plays it, by the way. Walks in the room, and he's like, don't freak out. This is so awesome, <laughs> right? Uh, hey, UCF, Cincy, Houston, what's up? We're in or or uh, we saved you guys, you know. <laughs> We're here. You're welcome. Yeah, Texas and Oklahoma. Are I like, want to sit a little yeah. higher up on the table yeah. because they were on the brink of extinction when those two left, you know. And then they, remember all those rumors yep. that ESPN was trying to get them to dissolve so they would get out of paying them a billion dollars in mm -hmm. rights fees, and then Bowlesby calls out his own TV partner. Mm -hmm. We got all that stuff going on, and uh, you know, so. So here we are. And I'm wondering, um, from Tom's perspective, how much leverage, if any, he has in the room. Or is it just, hey, I'm here. We're new. We're just going to listen and kind of uh, be a fly on the wall for this versus BYU TV needs this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like, think that's coming later. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think this is, there's a lot of observing going on yeah. and a lot of it's great to be here. Because remember, the, these spring meetings are a lot to do with the business of the day. They've got a full calendar year of sports before uh, the four teams join. They still have to find out if the three if teams do, are going to join right? yeah. when they do. And if they don't, that changes the dynamic of the schedule that's going to come out in October. And, and this isn't a football session this week. It's it's the business section of it. So they've got to deal with all that. But in in matters of divisions and um, number of games and things like that that greatly impact the other four teams, then they I think they turn back around and go, what do you think? What do you think? And so so I think there's a mixture of it. I think President Worthen will play it cool today of just, hey, we're here. We're going to be a good partner. Uh, ask me something if you need something. He's going, am to, I the tallest president here? He like, probably, probably is. Probably, right. Who in here has been a power forward? Um, <laughs> but I, I think they'll be observing, and, and there's some fascinating things to talk about. you got a new commissioner. you got a TV deal that actually runs out after 25. What do you do with Oklahoma and Texas? Are they really going to be around? You know, they're talking to the SEC at their meetings, which are going on at the same time, about future things with schedules and stuff. Can you, can you have one leg in both camps? Um, and, and then uh, revenue sharing. What does it mean to the, to the four teams coming in? How's that going to work until Texas and Oklahoma leave? So those kind of things... I think will will be tossed around, and and then President Worthen and and Tom get to chime in on on some of that. Like, uh, hey, we're all for a nine team, you know, regular season conference game, yep. or uh, we're all for getting the most <laughs> money possible, <laughs> the most money possible. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's some gratitude and humility from BYU coming into this today because they know where they've been. The scars are up and down their back of of being in the whack in the Mountain West and and independent and um, 
and the healing balm <laughs> is is coming on July 1, 23. That human air in Dallas. Yeah. The human is great for the skin. Uh, <laughs> but what a day. What a what a week for, for BYU to have a presence there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's big for Houston and, and Central Florida and and Cincinnati, but they still gotta buy their way out of their leagues. Sure. Yeah. For BYU, we come in independent yeah. with some liberty. Now, an interesting perspective that you bring, Dave, uh, looking ahead as, as BYU now begins their seat at the table. We're discussing uh, BYU's fit in the Big 12 and, I guess, what we're hoping to learn this weekend, if anything at all. I, I mean, to your point, it's just great to be at the table. We learned from Tom Homo a couple of months ago that BYU is going to receive half revenue for the first two years. Um, what, are you, what else are you hoping for uh, in, in terms of enlightenment after these meetings, other than it's just cool to be at the table. Well, the football meetings are one second week of July, and and then I think we'll get more. That's when we're going to get the other coaches talking about BYU and Cincinnati and the others. But so that's the football fix of it, I think. And this one, I, I think it's 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 more of an overall. We're in. We're being treated like a member of this of this, even though we don't really have a say yet per se on the issues of the day, which, which you know, the next 12 months of Big 12 sports. Um, and I don't think there are any giant revelations that come from it, except for maybe, hey, those three schools can't get their money, and so they're not going to join in 23. Maybe something like that could come out. Yeah. They're all saying, no, we're still getting it together. We're on track to, to be there. But really, that's the only thing that could jolt uh, this transition uh, in, in 23. Would you prefer that? Would you prefer BYU be like the lone ranger of sorts, the new guy alone for one year before the AAC brings in three teams? Or are you just like, hey, let's just get the new thing going? You know, selfishly, it would get us probably Oklahoma and Texas on our schedule. More likely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of like that. You know, it's 14 teams is a lot. You know, we saw what happened with 16 with the WAC. It was just too many. Um, you didn't appreciate BYU and Rice? No, I did appreciate <laughs> BYU and Hawaii, but I did not appreciate Rice. And I was down at UNLV. I was yeah. I actually emceed the initial press conference with all 16 coaches there of the WAC in 96 because I was a sportscaster down there. And I remember I didn't know what to do. I had, there were so many guys on the dais. And I thought, what? <laughs> how can we break the ice here? And I got a thought at the last second. I go, I'm going to have – this head coach say something about this head coach to his left. And we went through all 16. And two hours later. <laughs> and, well, you know, they didn't have a lot of good things to say, so it was short. Yeah. But, I mean, involved the Lavelle and Fisher to Berry and all those guys. But by the time we were done, it took about maybe 10 minutes or so, it just felt like everyone was friends and we were in this together. But then they found out it was too big. And that's why. In that moment. Yeah. <laughs> because of that idea. There what have we done? <laughs> We've made a terrible the next, decision. The next year right. I had to come up with some other gig. But, <laughs> but it, it, and then it whittled down to, to the Mountain West. Yeah. And, then, and then, as we said, it, it got us to this point. But um, I, I just think it's part of it for me is that it won't really feel real until we get the schedule in October. Because then you have a name and a date and opponent yes. and another one. Now we're thinking about one. Texas Tech. Yeah. Now we're thinking about TCU again. But today is the first taste of that. And then in the football meetings, again, it'll all be about Oklahoma and Texas. 
naturally. But then there has to come the questions of, for the other schools, well, what do you think of this? And what do you think of BYU? And some of it we've heard already, but they'll all be together. So that'll be fun in July. You guys should go down there. Texas is nice and cool in July. <laughs> it's a great place to be. I think that's where they have them. I went last July to Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was not that. Yeah, no, exactly. no it's, it's not at all. Jerem's still feeling the UV from that trip. <laughs> yeah, went for a concert. It was awesome. But um, yeah, I, I, the, the key to everything that happens with uh, the Big 12 meetings to me is, are the three in the AAC coming in early or not? Like, if they're not, then the schedule's totally different, right? So it'll be interesting. And saw a report this morning saying that it's all but finalized one report that they will join next right. year. And they will buy themselves out. So that is, uh, that is exciting. So and it's interesting that Texas would buy themselves out because they got all the money in the world. But they wouldn't. But Oklahoma won't. Oh, Texas wants to. And they've got to go together. And so Texas got to wait. It's kind of waiting on Oklahoma. They're like, you don't make as much money. They got different. <laughs> they got different banks over there in Oklahoma. Oklahoma's like, we have Sooner Vision. Let's go. And I'm glad that that they're going to be in for a couple of years. I think it's yeah. great to to have that talent level in there, totally. as opposed to having them bolt and then we start uh, with just the new group. So we'll see what happens. But uh, there's going to be a lot of. Can you imagine the uh, the awkwardness in the room today when? Texas's presence there and Oklahoma's presence there and any future question comes up. I'd pay good money to just sit in the back, <laughs> honestly, to, see, to feel the We're going to have to ask yeah. President Worthen when he gets back, hey, so did they... Did they ask you to say something nice about them? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Say something nice about these guys. And um, yeah, I'm just curious to see see how that, that, that goes because uh, it's a crazy dynamic. And, and BYU is totally grateful that they're leaving. It's the only way right. that they're, they're even... Getting into mm-hmm. the to the P five, yeah. but uh, but President Worthen's walking in there as a P five today. That's pretty cool. That? Pretty fantastic, yeah. Dave. Great to have you with us. Uh, we got to let you take your Big Twelve golf game to the course now, <laughs> so that you can go do whatever. I'm you probably going to get there. a twelve on the first B- hole. Big so. Twelve over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. be something like that. Yeah. Good <laughs> luck. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Okay, coming up. What if I told you a BYU student walked on in April to the track team and then just qualified for nationals? This happened. Plus, should BYU follow the example of one Alabama when it comes to scheduling FCS opponents? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Interact with the show and get uh, content throughout the day. Make sure to follow us on social media, BYU Sports Nation, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jeremiah Spencer. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. 24-7 Sports projects BYU versus Western Kentucky in the Hawaii Bowl. Okay. Is that better or worse than Appalachian State in the Myrtle Beach Bowl? Way better because it's Hawaii. Uh, let's see, Conway, South Carolina, and Redneck Vegas, and that teal field, or I don't know, Hawaii. Uh, yeah, I'll take Hawaii all day, every day. Depends what kind of opponent you want, but yeah, Hawaii. How Hawaii. much different will Western Kentucky be than Appalachian State? I know Appalachian State's been good the past few years, but are they that different than Western Kentucky in that type of bowl game? No, Hawaii all the time. According to the Deseret News, BYU football will move their 2023 non-conference game against Southern Utah from November 18th up to September 9th. Not a shocker. Jerem, would you rather play the FCS game early in a season or like the SEC juggernauts, a pseudo-bye week, late in the year? 
I don't mind it around kind of week three because if BYU has a really tough game in week one or two, you, you create sort of a cushion as you get into that later. I would like it, uh, but I would prefer it kind of in the middle of conference play where you're a little more beat up and it's a pseudo bye week in that way. If you could space those out, that'd be great. BYU's had a few stretches in independence where it was really hard playing three or four P5s in a row, a couple on the road where that was tough physically. BYU got injured. How many teams are capable or even able to schedule an FCS opponent in the middle of the season? It's just an independent, a right? SEC. Well, that, that's like late in the, the season. That's whatever. November. Oh, so you're saying you want it late in the season? Oh, ideally, it'd be smack dab in the middle. Yeah, which yeah. can't happen. And, and the reality is, BYU's just going to be told, uh, hey, these first three weeks are your non-conference schedule. I'm fine with it. I just don't want it to be game number one. I don't like yeah, game number no, no, one no, no, being no. against an FCS opponent. I want, I want it to be a tough Power 5 team. Or week two. Like, week three would be fine for the FCS game. Yeah, more than likely, it's going to be... Uh, we well, again, my my ideal schedule would be UNLV, which is not you know super sexy on the schedule, but UNLV. Then it's going to be Southern Utah, and then it's going to be a game at Arkansas before BYU goes into the Big Twelve. Uh, I wish we could have the SCS game in between Arkansas and the Big Twelve, but we, that's, we that's not going to happen. We beggars here, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Blake Freeland posted a photo doing the Air Jordan post with some dope Jordan cleats. More impressive, the cleats of the post. He's a good basketball player. He's going back to his roots. He loves Air Jordan. Uh, I'm going to go with the pose. But really, you shouldn't be surprised. Like, it's it's impressive, but you shouldn't be surprised. Blake is a freak athlete. He was a quarterback in high school and an outstanding, bouncy basketball player. So I'm not shocked by this at all, knowing his backdrop. The pose is the most impressive to me. The pose is awesome. It's the cleats. Those cleats are super legit. Like, I have some shoes just like that, but cleats is next level. Like, that's awesome. And with the royal there, and with the lightning blue helmet, amazing. It's got to be the shoes. You going uh, Mars Blackman Mars on this? Mars Blackman. <laughs> got to be the shoes. Let's stay with basketball, at least from the pose to actual basketball. Three-star recruit and Utah Gatorade Player of the Year, Dallin Hall. Returned from his two-year mission yesterday. Jerem, what are your expectations from Dallin Hall in his freshman season, an anticipated freshman season? The dunk on Drew Timmy and suddenly his mustache just disappears. Uh, the I, low expectations. I think uh, he could be a backup point guard on this team, perhaps. Um, I, I'm expecting him to be in the rotation, even though it's guard-heavy uh, with experience and seniors, right, and super seniors. Um, I'm hoping he makes the WCC All-Freshman team. Sure. But it uh, might be hard as a backup. We'll see what kind of minutes he's getting. But he's going to be a really good player. He's a Big 12 caliber player on the roster right now. Fully capable of making the West Coast Conference All-Freshman team for sure. Just a matter of how many minutes he's going to yep. get, what his conditioning is like. But he's getting back, I feel, early enough to, you know, I mean, we're talking four months before the first game. Like, I think his conditioning will be okay. Um, 15 minutes a game, that's probably what I'm expecting him to yeah. play. So returning now means in January he'll start to be really effective. That's the hope. Sure. Physically. Yeah. He could be effective earlier, but it may dwindle based on mission legs and whatever later. BYU and San Diego State extend their hoop series for two more years. What other non-conference basketball series would you like to see BYU keep in the Big 12? Um, just give me the in-state games. Make sure that the game against Utah happens every year and the game against Utah State happens every year. And throw in Weber State as well. I like the in-state games a lot. I think that it's beneficial for both programs, not having to travel a ton. You always can do a lot of traveling in the Big 12, so if you can play in-state games and keep those alive, I'm all for that. I'd be okay with Weber State. It's got to be um, 
well, in well, you're hoping it's quad two and they're a good season. You can go on the road there. As a Big 12 team, uh, does BYU go to Ogden and play a basketball game? I wonder. Um, you're rewarded for tougher non-conference schedules. But yeah, those are the only two. San Diego State, I love. I want to play San Diego State almost every year. Um, at some point, we'll fatigue of that, perhaps. But uh, yeah, that's the one. I, like, that's the Boise State football game where it was like, yeah. hey, that made sense. Now that BYU's in the Big 12 football, don't want Boise State. Don't really feel like we need Utah State anymore. It's Utah, and it's maybe another Power 5 if we want. G5, FCS. So we'll, we'll see, man. Yeah, maybe a Pac-12 school. Or uh, I like Boise State in basketball, too. It's a program that's pretty good. I wouldn't mind BYU playing that relatively close opponent in basketball. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Uh, you mentioned Drew Timmy a moment ago and the image of Dallin Hall dunking on him and his mustache going away. That's the hope. Well, I've got great news, Jerem. Drew's coming back for another year with Gonzaga. It's official, which led to this tweet last night from at Drew Timmy 2. This is incredible. I'm back. Then college basketball Blue Bloods at Blue Bloods Bias tweeted, I was born and raised in San Francisco. My grandfather used to tell me stories about San Fran Man. What? A goblin with a mustache that travels to the Bay Area when San Fran is playing. He scores 30 points and then disappears until his next West Coast Conference game. What? <laughs> do you believe in the San Fran Man goblin? I do. I do. It was Matthew Delvedel. <laughs> That's who it was. <laughs> Not Drew Timmy? <laughs> no. Uh, too tall, too noticeable. Did Matthew Delado have a mustache? I don't really care. Because the San Fran Man Goblin is specifically to have a mustache in, in, in this my, tweet. In my mind, anything weird or crazy or whatever probably had something to do with Matthew Delado. Are mustaches cool again? Especially because of uh, uh, Rooster and Top Gun Maverick? Like... Now, is it official mustaches well, are back? They're not. They're not the things 40 years ago again. We gotta be careful of worshiping a decade that was four ago. Must our mustache is back? No. In a, <laughs> in a word, heck no. Does this post from Big Game Boober deserve a yellow card? The final best college softball game uh, team in every state. Weber State got the nod for Utah. Mm. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah. Clearly, BYU is the best team in the state. But here's what happened. Big Game Boomer looked at the teams that made the NCAA tournament yeah. and defaulted to that. Weber State made the NCAA Default. tournament. Like They were a good team out of the big sky. Wyoming. Like, great great team. But, like, because BYU did not make the tournament and Weber State did, like, that that was his determining factor there. He's not looking at RPI and, like, schedules. Stuff like, it's a yellow card, right? It's a, it's a yellow card. Yellow card. Um, does this Talk to us, Big Game mean, Boomer. You got to be better. Does this mean that Big Game Boomer is banned from the show until Tuesday, uh, Monday? Is that what we've decided? Yeah. We're giving him a one-day suspension. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. No Big Deep Game Blue Boomer. Seven. No, no Big Game, game Boomer part. mentioned until at least Monday. Yep. In the Deep Blue Volume 7, which is pre-recorded, Big Game Boomer will not make <laughs> That's what we like. Are you sure? <laughs> I was the one that hosted it. Are you sure I didn't go BGB in there? Sure. <laughs> Coming up. What do you want to know out of the Big 12 spring meeting? Plus, Sebastian Fernandez of BYU track and field went from not making the yeah. team to then walk on. Now he's running for an NCAA championship all in less than three months. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is incredible. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Can't wait for that. BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Subscribe today to get uh, some of the best interviews and conversations and trending and 
weird moments where we compare stuff to stuff that doesn't make any sense, smash that subscribe button today. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live on a Thursday from Studio B. You are about to meet one of the most improbable stories and young men to ever have graced this desk, representing BYU track and field. Sebastian Fernandez joins us, previous yeah. uh, to him running in the NCAA championships. <laughs> okay, we, we just mentioned it briefly before we went to break. You go from not making the team to, okay, then you run a fast enough time, you're a walk-on, and now you're competing for an NCAA championship. You you make it through regionals. It's incredible. You break a record in doing so. Sebastian, what have the last three months of your life been like? Um, Well, there was obviously um, some classes and had to get through those and <laughs> survive. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going oh, yeah, to school that. as well. <laughs> Student athlete. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think, let's see, three months ago was March. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, I mean, March, like, we were just starting outdoor track, and, like, uh, workouts and all that were going well, and, I mean, I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh, well, I'm doing better than I was last season, you know, because I, I write down everything in my notes app of my workouts, and, yeah, I mean, I time trialed the 400, and I went pretty quick, and then I was like, okay, and I went to California for a track meet out there at the West Coast Relays and uh, I ran 150.83 in the eight and I was like oh shoot like that's that was three seconds off my like previous time I was like wow <laughs> you, you beat your previous best by three seconds yeah and I mean I got new spikes that helped but I don't <laughs> think it was that <laughs> um and then yeah I was just like whoa and I don't know if you know Isaac Wood. Oh, we know oh, Isaac Wood well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's like so like hyped after that. He's like calls Coach I Stone. He's like, yo, this kid ran 150. Like, <laughs> he's like, geez. Like, You're not on the team at this point. Yeah. No, You're not on the team. Competing unattached and yeah. beating people that were, you know, racing for universities. I was yeah. like, this is cool. Okay. So what <laughs> happened after that? Okay. When you ran that 150, then what? Isaac makes a call. Then what? Um, Went to work on Tuesday, and I was sitting there, and I got a call from, like, BYU. And I was like, who's calling me from BYU? And it was Coach Eyestone. And I was like, cool. And he's like, we're going to give you a tryout. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and this is – and now you had tried out before. Yeah. And not made it. Yeah, last year because I ran, like, 153-1. With the, old, with the old spikes. Yeah, with the old spikes. Yeah. That was yeah. what. <laughs> okay. Okay. Faster shoes, new spikes. Right. <laughs> uh, you run your fastest time, and then – uh, try out. Yeah, you, you yeah. try out. So, so what happened? Um, I mean, I was working really hard to get through the NCAA clearing center, you know, to be able to compete literally the week after, like, I was offered a tryout, and it wasn't fast enough. I think just silly stuff with paperwork. But, um, like, the week after that, or two weeks after that, I competed at the first BYU meet, and it was a windy day. And I kind of had a weird race. And so I ran my slowest ever. It was 152. But it was really cool because I learned a lot from that race. Like, you know, just how to finish a race on, like, dead legs because the wind just took so much out of me. I feel like I, I people can make yeah. that excuse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, 152, I was like, eh, I mean, it was okay with the wind. Two seconds makes a big difference in the 800. Yeah. Huge difference. One second makes a huge difference in the 800. Like, Looking at regional, uh, at the West region for qualifying for regionals, like one second 
would have dropped me from like 48th, you know, to like top 20. Okay. Like, so it's wow, it's like a 30 lot. spots. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Then you go to the BYU Cougar Invitational at home. Yeah. yeah, I ran at Oregon for one meet too. And gotcha. I even split that race. It was pretty funny. I was like, okay, I can go faster. I went 55s for both. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, and then I went to the BYU meet and I was like, all right, here we go. Last meet of the season. Like I got to like leave it all on the track, you know, because I was like, otherwise my season ends. And that was just you know, three times to compete for one year of eligibility. You yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I and, went. And you run a 147. Yeah. This, this is the Robison Invitational 800 record. Is that correct? That's what we learned? Yes. Um, it's the facility the complex record. record. Oh, the, the complex record. You run a 147, okay, at the Cougar Invite, Woo! and then you do it again at the NCAA West preliminary and you go to nationals to punch your ticket to nationals yeah. <laughs> i had to do it twice because regionals is like first round and then quarterfinals okay so you what you couldn't be just like yeah i ran a 147 in provo but <laughs> i got to do it in arkansas twice yeah. what was that like man to go through this journey of <laughs> you run that 152 in the wind you said you learned a lot you ran the 150 before you get on the team you go through the ncaa clearinghouse and all of a sudden boom you're in the regionals and now you've qualified for nationals what's this journey been like for you honestly i i kind of made a joke as like every time i've stepped on the track this season i feel like i've kind of shocked myself i'm just like whoa like and i think that's a good feeling to have you know and be like every race go into it and be like okay this is gonna be my best race and i'm just gonna have fun with it and like we'll see what happens and it was it's just cool it's unreal honestly that (laughs) that i was able to make it to nationals like that wasn't even on like my radar okay well you're here and uh <laughs> so your family lives in minnesota yeah now, correct me if i'm wrong because we were sharing details during the break but your family drove 19 hours <laughs> to watch you run at was it the cougar invitational or the preliminaries the, the provo yeah provo so it was the cougar to see to see the record here yeah. and then they went to arkansas and then they went to arkansas <laughs> and so i are they driving to eugene uh, my parents are flying out. They're flying okay. now. They, yes. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. You're flying on the like, plane. You're not driving. So expensive. Jeez. Good gravy. That's okay. incredible, man. That's incredible. Do, does everyone on the team know your name? I think so. I it's been know. a couple weeks, right? Like, Who's that kid? The one that qualified the, for nationals. What's his name? Seb? Sebastian? <laughs> I mean, that, that's amazing, man. What's, uh, what has the conversation been like with that Iceton now where it's like, hey, we're in business. You're, you're a thing. You're a deal now. <laughs> Honestly, I just think he's, I think he's shocked, is just as shocked as I am, honestly. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I mentioned to you guys, I've dropped six seconds in the 800 this season. and That's unbelievable. I was like, I did not expect that. Yeah. yeah. Six seconds is a ton, especially sub two. Well, it's one thing to <laughs> wow. do it once, but now you've done it multiple times. And mm-hmm. so let's put this into context a little bit. Let's say you run a 147 again at Nationals. Mm-hmm. Where would that place you based on the times that have been run this year? Um, I can't remember what was run at regionals, but I feel like it would, it wouldn't, I don't think it would move me on to the final probably, but I think it would be a very solid time to put me in like maybe second team All-American. Wow. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, bro. So if you're on a 147 there, we're talking potentially second team All-American. Yeah. I mean, obviously I haven't sat down and talked about it with coach yet because I don't, the heats yeah. haven't been made yet and anything, but 
Again, three I months ago, you were not running for he's, BYU. He's like, yeah. Fernandez with an S or a Z at the end? Like, <laughs> we, we barely know you. This is, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah well, here's Z. how this works. Before That's you awesome. go, we give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for joining the show. Um, so you can go hit that one. We need to shave six seconds off. I was going to go 146 and just like, 146? make the deal Might as well, better. bro. The karma will only help you in the pursuit of Might 146. Well. <laughs> have, have fun at uh, Tracktown USA. Uh, next next week in Nationals, man. All right. What an incredible story. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll awesome. have you uh, sign the flag during the break if that's all right. All right. Okay. Awesome. Good. Congratulations on everything. We'll be watching. We're going to shave six seconds off this show. It's going to end at 57-54 Coming up, who gets today's rising shout-out? And are you the elite voice? Only one way to find out if you sent in a message today. We reveal it next is BYU Sports Nation. Incredible story, man. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. This is BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. So download the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day. What do you hope to learn about the new Big 12 after this weekend's conference spring meetings? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Mad Eye Cosmo says that BYU TV is utilized quite heavily, broadcasting not only games but tournaments in every sport, that Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan become a bigger household name than they already are. Honestly, uh, we'd love to continue to do the games we've been doing, but uh, Vakavita said, what will BYU get fined for that they wouldn't have been as an independent rushing the field, complaining about refs or conference members? <laughs> like, that's a legit interesting question there of what are the new rules of engagement? Dude, we've been single and ready to mingle since 2011, and now we're like in a league, married, and it's like, yeah, what are the in-laws like? We're no longer we, There's unattached. a lot to navigate. We're no longer unattached. Singles at BYU are to here, heretofore to be called unattached, a la <laughs> track and field verbiage. Today's rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Um, I want to give one to Sebastian Fernandez and his family. Oh, incredible story. Unbelievable. Awesome. Unbelievable. Weeks ago, not on the team. Now he's in national. He's running at wow. nationals and could be a second-team All-American if he hits the time that he ran twice. He's going 146, baby. Our thanks to today's guest, Dave McCann and Sebastian Fernandez. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time. Someone tweeted in, tortillas on the field. That's a fine. fine. That's a fine. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout-out to Jared Ward. See you tomorrow for a Deep Blue Special, Volume 7. Go Cougs. Jared Ward, Mapleton. <laughs>